Welcome to Ignite Weekly, the podcast from the editors of the Ignite magazine. And we take this podcast as a way to kind of check in with everybody and share some of the things that are happening in the world of technology and education. My name is Martin Coots and I'll be your moderator for this podcast episode. I'm joined as ever by friends and colleagues. Let's start with Mrs. Rachel Smith. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Martin. How are you? I'm good. How are you, my dear? Yeah, lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah. How are things on the island? Uh, yeah, actually, it's not too bad. I mean, not very many people, lots of space. So we're all okay, to be honest. Okay. It could be significantly worse. And things okay with you personally and everything? You know, everybody's feeling well, everyone's... Yes, uh, all the family are well and happy. So um, yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky. Thank you. Excellent. Glad to hear it. I'm also joined by Mr. Simon Pyle. Hello, Simon. Hello, Martin. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing uh, down there in what can only be described as the hotspot for it all just now, uh, down there in that there London? Well, I'm keeping my distance from everyone. Good <laughs> so, man. If everybody else did the same, we'd be okay. I think that's the thing, isn't it? There's so many people that think they know best or just because they're outdoors, they automatically think they've got this invisible shield up that makes them immune. I'll tell you what I have realised is just how many birds we have in London. Okay. Yeah, is that because it's, it's, they're they're... they're they're not scattering as much and they're, they're singing, just kind of, yeah. and they're ganging up. Or they, they literally are. They're invading. Um, no, none, okay. none, none of them want to come to our homemade bird feeder, but, you know, give it time. Blessing and a curse, it sounds like. <laughs> I'm, also joined, I'm also joined by Mr. Chris Galley. Hi, Martin. How are you, sir? I'm not too bad, you know, taking it one day at a time, which is literally... All you can do at this All stage, you can do I think. Just now, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's got to that point where you literally have no sense of time whatsoever. You, you know, sort of on a usual weekday, you would sort of know what day it is, or like a day has a feel to it. Yeah, um, that's completely gone. <laughs> I'm glad to see that I'm not the only one. I woke up yesterday morning in a complete daze. I woke up thinking it was Saturday, and, <laughs> and I, I couldn't understand why everybody was looking at me going, "It's half past nine. I'm going, "Yes, but it's wait a minute, it's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah I, I just didn't. Yeah, I was completely out of it. So I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one. Absolutely. Someone who very rarely knows what day it is because I'm constantly talking to him and it's all done in a bit of fun is Mr. Matthew Pullen. Hey, Matt. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good, yes. It's a bit of a rarity to talk to you. And I've approached you for nearly 24 hours. It's actually, yeah. Well, if, if we count um, over the airwaves like this, it's... 26 if we count text it's about 18 minutes um, yeah <laughs> it's a bit yeah it's a bit random the amount uh, you know if we're if we're going to have a conversation about connections i think one of the things that we're noticing is that you know the amount that we can talk to people without actually physically seeing them doesn't isn't affected by this you know I, I, i'm talking to my mother daily i'm talking to friends and colleagues daily it's 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 a good way to keep connected with people that you don't always see but at the same time the people that you do regularly see so i'm thinking of my in-laws and that we would normally see once a week that just isn't happening and i think that's the the biggest transition simon we were just having this this sort of uh, conversation just as we started and i think the purpose of of this podcast episode is really just to 
you know, Matt was saying about how everyone's transitioned, how we've, we've moved from having something to do and sort of having that daily routine, that that ability to sit in a staff room. And we're, we're talking about the, the connections that we're missing. So what about you? You were making some great points before we went live. And I think uh, a lot of people would benefit from hearing hearing those. Um, how How's it been for you? Well, it's been a struggle, to be honest. Um, I think mentally is the biggest thing for me. I'm I'm used to being so busy and juggling so many things and trying to have all of these sort of, you know, creative fingers in pies. And that kind of stops. Uh, it You can't do as many things. And, and a lot of our staff are feeling very similar. I've had a lot of messages from people where they're struggling without that daily routine, without knowing kind of what day it is. And so we've tried to put some kind of structure in place to be able to support them through that. But ultimately, you know, our, our profession is very much a sociable profession, whether it's, you know, 30 little people or 30 big people or whether it's a staff room of people. We thrive on connections. Um, and in the community that we work with outside of our schools, with Apple Education, it's it's even bigger, isn't it? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's global. And, and what we've very really so. found is... is the support that you can get from each other and, and just the conversations and the drop text messages and, and collaborating on projects as well is is almost the thing that, that stops you from going into that slump because there's there's no doubt. I mean, I, I don't know what it's like for you when you get to a holiday usually, but I usually get ill. Yeah. Um, I usually get sick. And the danger is that you you get sick now <laughs> Um and then something else comes along that's much worse. So you you end up with this kind of you know this 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 vacuum almost. Um, and I think it's it, it's really it's helped a lot of people to appreciate just how valuable colleagues are um, in schools and outside of schools, and how the network of, of teachers and the education network can really support each other um, in ways that maybe we didn't think were possible before. And I'm hoping it's it's a a kind of a watershed moment in some ways into how these connections will carry on and how schools may change as well and how workforces may change as a result of what's going on at the moment. Um, there could be massive positives that come out of this for the well-being yeah. of people. Yeah, that's a that's a, a, a sort of an interesting point to make. It's all about the, the, the sort of the way that connections are made. And, you know, it's Matt and I have been having quite a few conversations about this over various channels um, about how, yes, we're, we're still able to, to work with with people. We're still able to support people. But that face to face connection is still very is still vital. It's still essential, isn't it, Matt? It's still that kind of way where if you don't make that face-to-face connection, it doesn't matter how great your webinars are or how great your WebExes are. If you can't actually support someone or speak to someone face-to-face at some point, not all the time, but at some point, you're going to miss out on on seeing exactly how to support that person. I think I think you're right. I think, I think what this is proven to me is is that sort of mixed role of technology and human interaction um we, we were talking about this the other day about uh you know we might we might be as as people that pr- promote the use of technology in the classroom we might be the people that um are often seen as the ones that like, all a world to turn yeah you were saying well we might come across that way but that's only to to kind of give a really the other end of the spectrum the other end of the argument more i think what's happening now is that 
we're now able because everybody else has seen it for themselves now right they, they don't need us telling them anymore that technology is is a, a useful tool in education we're almost the people now to to try to give it that balance again to say it will look okay great you've seen that technology is is useful but actually whoa hold back a little bit because mm-hmm. if you, everything's go online that, that is not the the way it's going to go and i think a lot of teachers are seeing that now okay there's, there's a great benefit to sticking things online and you know that there is a way that you can do it but as as you guys said, and simon said you you miss that social interaction and that is a well-being issue um and you know what what potentially the positive that comes out of this is that teachers can see the balance that can yeah. be how much time they can save in using technology which hopefully then improves their well-being and improves their opportunities to do um more in the classroom around well-being for children to actually have the time to focus in on an individual's needs and all of those things because the technology can take over the role of maybe speeding up assessment feedback those sorts of things yeah it's kind of taking that that facilitator role isn't it it's it's not directly responsible for it's maybe directly responsible for the delivery but not for the way it's delivered or or for the actual content of the delivery um Rachel, have you got anything to add on that? Because obviously your subject area being modern languages and, you know, it's it's very it's a very audio um, subject. It's a, a, a subject that relies on how you hear things and how it all kind of, but that face-to-face element is also needed. How how has it been for you? How is that kind of, because there was obviously a few weeks before we, we, split, we split for Easter before we were, you know, delivering stuff online. How, how's the change been for you? It's actually really, really difficult in my subject <laughs> to uh, keep what for me in my classroom is one of the biggest elements, which is the spoken element of the of mm-hmm. language, because essentially that is what language learning is, isn't it? The ability to be able to communicate. Um, yeah. And if I were to dump us all in the middle of France, we wouldn't need to write a letter. The first thing we would need to be able to do is to be able to speak. So actually not being able to have that face-to-face contact with children and be able to teach them my subject in the manner which I've taught it for 20 odd years is really really strange um I I suppose the the best that we've been able to do um as a department really is to record over keynotes and try and get the children to repeat um but the the lack of face-to-face connection in my subject in particular makes it doubly difficult to do as a home learning activity um right and i and i do particularly worry about my a-level class because of course um they will be they will be examined next year in, in speaking um, and they're going to use lose all this time in, in from school um, and being able to speak french to me and, and to my colleague who also teaches them uh and i and actually trying to get over that is quite difficult because we're not delivering live lessons at my school at the moment um and again so that makes it you know, that's another thing, isn't it, that um, that makes it kind of trickier. Yeah, it's it's how do you, it's, it, we're, we're not going to get this time back. No. And I think that's the, I think that's the, the thing that, that's, that's hit a lot of people, especially, you know, Matt, you and I, we're out of the five of us who are speaking just now, we are all sort of secondary based originally yeah. we were we were all kind of driven by assessment which is a, a, a horrible way to put 
what happens in secondary, but it is the reality where there is a lot of it is driven by those final year examinations, those yeah. A-levels, those GCSEs, those standard grades, those national fives, hires, whatever it is you're doing. There is an end point that you always have to get the students to. You always have to get them to the point where they're ready to set those national uh, qualifications. How you got them there, what, you know, that's that's not the point. But right now, that time is gone. And yes, for a lot of secondary colleagues, there is a massive concern about getting that time back, as there are for, for, for everyone in every sector. It's, it's interesting, but, though, isn't it, that people were worrying at one point about year 11 and year 13. Um, yeah. And now we're not worried about those. Actually, the big worry for me now is year 10 and year 12 because they're losing yeah. these vital months where we will be pushing through the curriculum the and exa- months. exactly yeah. and uh yeah it, it does it does really concern me um and and I, and I wish I knew a way around it but sadly not <laughs> uh, I know we don't really it's it's one of these things where we don't really have all the answers it's it's there is a lot of a lot of schools and a lot of education authorities are focusing on I suppose keeping keeping pupils busy just now and making sure they have enough to keep them going and they're not really thinking about because they they don't have time to they've just you know we've all been kind of I don't want to say making this up as we've been going along but there has been a lot of that I don't know if you guys agree yeah. but there uh, there 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 has been a feeling that a lot of this is just let's see if this works and kind of take it from there has that been your experience Chris or have you seen a a bit more of a structure to to how it's been done um I'd like to say that we've tried to continue as much as possible with sort of the regular structure that we would have in school. I think we're in some ways in a different position than a lot of other schools where one-to-one and it's a fairly developed program. So Mm -hmm. the the students, the parents, the teachers are very familiar with how to deliver content electronically. Um, I think the hardest part has just been actually how to present the content yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you know we have the option of using google meet um, to do a, a live lesson um, and so a lot of teachers have been experimenting with that and seeing how that works because that that was something which was completely new for everyone uh, within the school um, and that has worked to an extent just to keep up that contact with the students and to um, you know keep that relationship going but in terms of actually delivering content I, I think you know there are there are better ways around that mm-hmm. um you know especially you know the students are busy we're primary schools so the parents tend to get involved as well so um it's it's definitely been a bit of sort of um goldilocks porridge where we've been experimenting whether it's you know too much too little um i think we've right got time. a podcast title there thanks Chris. That's- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, I think we're, we're getting there. You know, we've been doing it for three weeks now and um, it's, it's about finding that balance, isn't it, between, you know, putting too much on the children's and the, the parents' plates, so to speak. Um, but as you said, also still keeping that learning going. So when we, you know, hopefully get back in school, whether that's at the end of this academic year or August, September, that you know the learning can continue from where we left off a few weeks ago that's a really good point actually it's it's you know looking at that continuation of learning it is the um it is that way where if when when you do start to see the pupils again face to face it's making sure that you know um 
exactly where everybody's been still making sure that differentiation has been taking place and how it all kind of how it all kind of ties in together and making sure that everyone is is feeling is feeling the the feeling like they're being supported i think and making sure that they're they're being able to deliver in a way that that is going to make sense to them it's you know it's one of these conversations that's not going to stop over the the next coming weeks. I mean, unfortunately, it looks like the the lockdown isn't going anywhere for at least the, the next three weeks. So I, I have no doubt that we are going to be talking about this um, continually across different mediums. But what I want to do is is bring it back to, to each of you individually and look at one thing that has been a positive for you one thing that you can take away as a as a, a bit of success something that you can say you know what in light of everything that's been going on this is the good thing that's happened um and simon i want to uh, come round to you because you're you're someone who always shares some of the things that are happening both at home and at school and um, what's what's been a, a sort of a positive what's been a good thing for you over the past uh, uh, three weeks of the lockdown shall we say um i think there are there are actually several i'm i'm, I'm always a kind of a glass half full kind of person and and we knew that when the school was going to be shut that we wouldn't be able to carry on our lessons in the same way and we also knew that because of the the diversity that we have in our school and particularly the access that some parents have got and some parents haven't that we couldn't maintain live teaching in any way Mm -hmm. what what our parents really wanted was just a worksheet economy which isn't what we're about um and so what we've tried to do is to have um tasks that that go on from our teachers that are very basic that put children in a routine and that parents can adopt if they want to Um, but we're also aware that some parents have five children across potentially four key stages and all schools are putting different demands on them Mm -hmm. and so what we really said was that what's important is actually more of a low expectation in terms of the work and a high expectation in terms of the love um, and the family time and being together and actually cherishing what is a bizarre situation, but it's probably the most time you're going to spend with your children and really get to know them. And so our website has very much turned into a portal for activities, challenges, what we call together tasks that parents can undertake. And while this was happening, we built a blog in the background of our website and we've had children just uploading things they've been making, things they've been drawing, the rainbows in their windows, the things they've been watching. Um, We've had our first virtual film club last Friday and children using Shobi to be able to um, actually send in recordings for the podcast. Um, And so we were able to launch our podcast back up again, having not had a film club in school since the beginning of March. Um, We've got challenges that that Brent Music Service have taken on and, and, and they've been producing music every day on Twitter and um, it's it's been a real sort of draw of the community. A sense of community, yeah. I was just going to say yeah. that. It sounds like it's it's a way to really bring everybody together through learning through learning through engagement, learning through creativity, which is yeah, and I know yeah. some things that are really kind of you know engaging for the children. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some great Harry Potter stuff that's come out from J.K. Rowling, and mm-hmm. so we built a whole page around it. Um, we've we've embraced Maddie Moat and Greg Foote on YouTube every day at 11 a.m. They've been sensational. Space Week this week, loads of activities and makes that children can then do. And so we've built a whole page around it to support parents to find it easily um, and not be distracted by everything else because there is some great content out there that is really supporting home learning. 
And then there's the content that we're building ourselves. And, and it's really just about saying to parents, this is a tough time and it doesn't have to be the rigor of you're going to be doing reading and writing. And yeah, maths. yeah. You can do that if you want, because it's there. But actually, there are a lot more engaging things that are going to be a lot less stressful for you as a parent where you don't have to feel like you're the teacher, but that you're actually learning in a fun, engaging, creative way. And I think that's really beginning to come through. Um, and we're hoping that we can carry that all the way through this lockdown and provide sort of both scenarios. Um, so, yeah, there's so many positives. And what we're seeing from from the community are some really amazing, creative things. Good. And is that um, is that website public facing? Can anyone come and, and have a look at some of the things that are happening on there? Is that? Or yeah, is, so yeah. All of all of the content, all of the challenges, the together tasks, um, even the home learning is all public facing. So anybody can drop in and we've actually sent it to quite a few people and tweeted some things out. Um, but the blog itself, which is where the, the personal children will send in their comments or their work yeah. or, or that's all locked down. Okay. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So anybody, for example, can get involved in our virtual film club this week. We're watching Hotel Transylvania 2. There's a Google form on the website so they can submit a review and we'll give them a shout out in the podcast. I think we'll uh, we'll put the, the link to that into the show notes. That sounds like quite a good thing, especially, you know, with a, a lot of schools being on Easter break. I think there's pro- possibly a lot of teachers and parents who are looking for things that they can do at home just now because obviously you can't go out to, you can't go out to the beach, you can't go out to museums, you can't go out to um do all of these activities that you would normally do over the holiday period so it's yeah you can't but you but you can go on an african safari you can there's a lot of virtual yeah (laughs) great stuff and matt what about you what's been some of the 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 positives and benefits that you've seen um so i would say accelerated change working in higher education um i will always refer back to my interview where i was told You'll hate this. This is on an interview, by the way. You'll hate this <laughs> because the change is so slow um, and you sound like someone who wants to, you know, make a difference day one. Um, and I said, someone who loves a challenge. So four years later, after banging my head against a brick wall, we are now, you know, moving to one-to-one and all of that. And it, it, it was slow progress. I think the last three weeks has proved that um, it was the right decision to make. Um, I'm not one to say I told you so, if you know me. Um, I'm very uh, shy when it comes to saying things like that. However, I've been so tempted numerous times. <laughs> uh, and I've said it on, on a podcast, so maybe I'll share this to, to the people at the university to hear. Um, but, but in all seriousness, I think where we were taking a, a slow approach, which I think is, is the right thing to do um, in normal circumstances, because... Yeah. Everybody has now seen it for themselves and had to go, but it isn't because I've pushed them too hard. It's, it's an external factor. People are now starting to um, engage conversations about what can we do. So just in this last week, I've been hosting webinars for students and staff across the whole of the uni, not just our students, um, and our partner schools as well, who are now starting to see the, the opportunities that a, a good, solid link with the university can give them. Um, so I think I'm getting 50 people on, on our just short webinars on how to you know, clips in the classroom, yeah. or how to seesaw, showbe, those sorts of things, which has been really positive. Um, and then my, my kind of insistence that we move our material to a more digital format instead of having it sit um, just on the, the university's um, learning platform, but actually have it so that students can have access to it all the time whenever, because obviously we've got 
um, you know, adult learners that have lives outside of university, yeah. uh, have families of their own, you know, our expectation that they come to uni nine to four and then go home and, and do uni work is not realistic. They have a lot of them have to have second jobs or, or jobs in general as as well as studying full time. They've got families. Um, so my, my thought was that if they've got access to an iPad and they have access to all of the stuff on that device, as opposed to having to go online to then download it, to then, you know, um, it's going to improve things. And I think people have started to open up to that concept now. So we, you know, our handbooks, which originally have always been just a word document and it's just words. No one ever looks at them. Yeah. Are now being turned into digital ebooks, so that they'll have links in there that they can engage in additional, uh, you know, web uh, resources that we can put videos in. So there's a more personal touch. It's not just done for the sake of ticking a box, but it's done with a real purpose to improve um, how students can access things. So that's that's been a real positive. Like I said, the Good. webinar, the webinars have been great, um, and and the feedback from people outside of our um, course with, with teacher training so there's a vested interest in that with our students to look at how technology can improve things but we've had, i've had people from nursing and policing get in touch and say we've never even considered using this approach um thanks for sharing and, and what can we find out more so that's that's been a real positive as well that's excellent that's a that that is a good kind of way to you know accentuate the positive as you say and kind of push things forward in the right with the right conversation because people are now yeah. seeing it's it's kind of they're they're doing it through necessity but that necessity is is breeding a bit of change and a bit of open-mindedness that you know like you're saying people are beginning to see why they should use this and what the benefits of doing so are so that's 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 a good a, definitely a good news story uh rach what about you what's been some of the positives you've you've, you've had over the past um, few weeks uh... A, a couple really and actually uh, both Simon and Matt have um, said um, some of the things that I was about to say and I, in fact I will say anyway um, <laughs> the, the first being that we could see this coming and I think quite a lot of us could see this coming over the horizon we we have obviously colleagues who work in China and um, as as the virus slowly spread west we we sort of knew that this was coming and so for weeks before we actually closed, probably about three weeks before we actually closed, uh, in our school we were doing some preparation in the background, which is similar to what Simon was saying. Um, and when we did eventually close, we felt like we had done some prep. We weren't just on the back foot straight away. Um, mm -hmm. So we had thought about what's our website going to look like. We had thought about how we're going to communicate with our community. We had been mentally preparing our teachers for the fact that we might close and so therefore it's probably best if they fully understood how to use google classroom which is our platform of choice um so that was one good thing since we've closed our teachers have been absolutely magnificent they have taken to trying to teach as best as they can through uh, the use of google classroom really really well and they have remained so positive and so cheerful, despite the fact that for a lot of them, it really was a big, big leap in at the deep end for them. Um, so like yeah. Matt, it's given us a big push forward in terms of our use of technology for teaching and learning. Um, but I have to say, you know, big round of applause to, to my colleagues because, you know, 
we all sit here being kind of tech experts and so we don't we kind of forget yeah. how difficult it was once was for us yep yep you i know? was going to say that we yeah. all like yeah it's all cool we can use this but like for somebody who's never really thought about it, it it's a, a big shake up to the way that they teach and um, so hats off to all of those, those people in my school who've worked really really hard um and the website, the website, we we, we put a, a home learning page onto our website. Uh, you did you did the graphics for us, Martin. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, you're famous. <laughs> everybody. I'm getting a lot. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting a lot of design work now. It's quite good. <laughs> That's been the um, positive for me is my design um, skills are growing And up. like Simon, we, we don't really have huge expectations of our students at the moment um, or of our families. Um, we, as staff, are expected to be online during our teaching period. So at the start of every lesson, mm -hmm. we will we'll put a little notice out in Google Classroom saying, hi, hello, everybody. If you're around today, can you just say hi? So if the kids happen to be online, you tend to see that they, they come online and say, oh, hi, miss, how are you? And so there's that kind of connection with your class. If they're there, if they're not there, fine, you know, no big deal. Um, but it, it, it gives us that point of contact. The kids know that whenever they have a lesson with me, I will always be there. Yeah. Um, they can do their work whenever they like, but if they need me, I'm always around at lesson time. They can send me a message, they can send me a query, whatever. Um, and that's worked quite well for us. And, and it's been that security for the children to know that their teacher is around at some point during the week where they can ask them a question mm -hmm. or they can get some help with the work that they've been set. Or maybe we might just, I might just say, oh, who's online today? Anybody fancy playing a quiz or what have you? And we might play a quick game of Quizlet Live, which is, is something that they're all very used to in my classroom. Um, they're just, yeah. And it, nice. so that provides a bit of Good. stability. Do you know what I mean? Um, yes, and, and absolutely. Then we, like I said, we've made this, uh, the website page on the website, um, a bit like Simon, where we've, we've put lots and lots of activities that, students can go and do they aren't particularly academic for want of a better word and a lot of them are much more creative and I've stolen a lot of them from Twitter and you guys and whoever puts stuff out there and I've just put them onto that page so that parents have got somewhere to go to just like Simon was saying they've got somewhere to go to they can maybe yeah. find an activity that might appeal to their kids or they might know when the National Theatre live performances are on because you remember we're, we've got kids in sixth form who are studying theatre studies yes um, you know, and, and so it's just become a resource for parents. And I think that too, just like uh, Sarah was saying, has been really well received. And obviously from, from your kids' point of view, and I'm talking your your two children yeah. that you have all the time, they obviously have, have two two parents at home who are both teachers, one of whom is is uh, yeah, SLT yeah, yeah, yeah. at your school, Sorry, isn't yeah. he? Um, you're, yeah. So how... If, if, has there been a massive change for them in terms of you know being used to going on and getting stuff or have they have they just kind of went with the flow because they're they're so used to it from from seeing the way that school runs and operates from, from um, home life they are they're quite good to be honest they've, they've done pretty well and um, we have tried um to set a routine ish so you know i suppose like lots of families we get up and we're doing PE with joe at nine o'clock um, and we have a blackboard in our kitchen and we just fill it with a list of things that we would like to complete that day, whether that's the Minecraft challenges that Simon's kids set out or um, actually my son's really enjoying the, the doodle books, the doodle your world books. 
um, you know, it's not necessarily hugely massively academic stuff, but they the kids come up with a list of stuff that they would like to create or complete that day. And we just slowly work through it. Um, lunchtime is around 12-ish, 1-ish. We might do some work in the afternoon. We might not. <laughs> no. uh, you know, ooh. Ooh, we, controversial. Might, we might play basketball. No. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, Organic, do you see that, Matt? Organic, how that happened there. Um, so we sort of have a routine. I have to say, I have taken to playing tidy up music at quarter past three. So three till three, right. three till quarter Brilliant. past is you've got to rehearse, you've got to practice your musical instrument. Now at quarter past three, we play the Airwolf theme tune, Ti- tidy up time. Brilliant. School, school in inverted commas is over. And actually, it's, that's, that's worked really well because it, it signifies the difference between this is this is the dining room table is our school room and then all of a sudden the dining room table just becomes home again. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I can I can see exactly where you're coming from with that. Um Airwolf theme, absolutely brilliant. And that's just <laughs> made my night hearing that. Um Chris, what about you? What's been some of the the, the sort of the, 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 the positives you've been seeing? Um, I think sort of to echo, you know, what the other guys have said, I think it's really justified all of the work, the investment that we've put in to our one-to-one program and the the digital learning program that we have at our school over the past few years. You know, it's our goal, you know, when we sat down, as Rachel was saying, you know, planning our contingency plan, Mm -hmm. it was really for the show to go on, you know, for the learning to continue as much as possible as normal and you know to some extent i i think you know we've achieved that goal and that's largely come down to all of the work that has gone in over the past few years in terms of our assessment policies and how we assess students digitally and give them feedback on seesaw um, or google classroom how we've engaged parents in this journey and how they've become a integral part of this journey with us um also the pd that we've been working on with staff over the few years you know whether that's been in-house or from um professional um services outside of the school Mm -hmm. um the infrastructure you know the fact that the school can just keep running um the backbone which is essentially google drive all of the files live in there for planning and for administration um but i think lastly just how the students have also handled this as well i mean i teach nine and ten year olds and the way in which they've been able to keep up with the the work and the assignments we've been giving the skills and the approaches to learning that they're developing during this time in terms of their independence their self-management just keeping up with work without even needing a reminder um, has been really impressive. And I think, you know, when we get back into school, we're going to be in such a fantastic position because of all of the skills that the staff and the students are building up during this time. And to be able to do that face-to-face in the classroom um, is going to be incredible. So, um, yeah, it's really justified all of that hard work that's gone in over the past few years. Yeah, that's good. It's it's nice to hear some positives coming out of that, and that's that's something I think we we've all agreed that we're wanting to do with this this podcast is kind of you know break up some of the 
just some of the, the the worrying news that you hear and some of the horrible news that you hear. So I'm going to share uh, a, what, what I like to call a fuzzy puppy story, just a, a good news story. And it's Happy Birthday was sung to a man 100 um, years old by the neighbours on his street. So a mass happy birthday sing-along was given to a 100-year-old man by his neighbours after his big party had to be cancelled due to the pandemic. Um, a gentleman who was born in Northampton for much of his life and served in Egypt in World War II um, was supposed to have a, a party on Saturday at his local bowling club, but residents surprised him instead uh, by singing happy birthday to him from out in the street. So I just thought that was... Uh, that was a, a, a nice sort of story to hear and just a, a little bit, you know, echoing back to what we've all been saying about how community comes together at, at, at times like these, whether it's a community like ours who is, you know, very much born out of the use of technology, but friendships have formed because of that, or whether it's the, um, the, the community that you have within your school or even just on your street. It's nice to hear that, that, that that's all coming together and that everyone is, is realising that we're not alone in this. Everyone is feeling the same. Everyone is going through the same thing. And I think, you know, making sure that everyone is aware that, that you're not on your own, you're not suffering yourself, you're not, you know, you're feeling the same hardships as everyone else, I think is a massive positive it's to hear. isn't it, that it's the first time really where everybody in the whole world has experienced exactly the same thing. Isn't that weird? Yes, it is, and you know that's quite surreal to think of it in that way. It's that this is this is very much a global experience that everyone is sharing. I, 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 that's a brilliant way to. I can't believe I never thought about that before. To be honest, that's that it, it breaks down borders, it breaks down race, mm, it breaks it. down religion. Yeah. It's all in it. Human race. We all are suffering, and we're all going to get through this by all coming together or not coming together actually that would be the worst thing to do at the moment but, yeah uh, right, yeah we can yeah, we can come together uh, um observing appropriate social distancing but but yeah we, we are all in it together and i don't know hopefully on the back of this there'll be less social unrest um less um you know potential racism yeah. you can just hope right you can just hope absolutely thing and it could have a positive impact and as a star trek fan i'm hoping this is the start of the united federation of planets <laughs> to be honest because you know that's if, if if that's the benefit out of this then you know a geek's paradise is is absolutely the best way to come out of it surely like you not just gonna suddenly go let's let's federate with mars no pretty much yeah well let's federate with them that's it we'll just you know it's <laughs> The Martians will come down. We'll, we'll, no, the Vulcans will, you know, we've got till 2063 is first contact. I mean, in, in fairness, I don't really have any problems social distancing from a Martian. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. We've been social distancing from aliens for years. It's, you know, it's just... I'm quite happy to keep my two meters. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> have you, like, a, a, have you made, like, a special suit now, Simon, that just has, like, two meter sticks coming no, out of every part that just... Uh, you're going to... Uh... So I'm currently making a spacesuit for Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, you can't um, just leave it there. <laughs> the, um, next week, find out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, next, next week, we'll find out whether or not he actually launched into space on the back of some Albatross. <laughs> but um, the, yeah, we've been we've been watching the the Let's Go Live with with Maddie and Greg at eleven on YouTube. Yeah, it, it's brilliant. But the boys were actually on it. Um, they had done a whole series of digestion. 
um, and they have this teddy bear called Digestion Dave. And I said to the boys, shall we make a digestion system ourselves just so we can understand it? Because they put all the printouts on. It's brilliant. So I said to my youngest, Aaron, just go upstairs and choose a toy. And he came down with Hulk. And so we stuck the digestion system on Hulk. And let me tell you, Hulk really looks like he needs the toilet. Um, <laughs> and so we posted this picture to them um, on the show and they, they put it on their on their show the next day. Nice. Um, so it's, Hulk has now been in everything to do with Maddie and Craig. It's amazing. And so he's currently having a spacesuit made for Space Week to launch to Mars tomorrow, funnily enough. Now we mentioned the Martians. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll let you know how that gets. Nice. Nice. And of course, we do know that, that Hulk does actually have his uh, a home planet. This is you, this is from the comics. Hulk does actually have a home planet. It's the one that featured in Thor Ragnarok. So for everyone who's seen the MCU film, um, the planet Sakaar, that is actually World War Hulk. That is actually Hulk's homeworld that he that he runs and rules. You, so, you really, you really there are. There you go. That, I can the, tell. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I swear to God, oh my God. <laughs> I understood none of the last five minutes of that conversation. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I always know how to bring a podcast to a, a screeching halt. I mean, uh, to be honest, I was hoping you'd bring a Lego figure down because I thought it would have been more dramatic trying to cut the digestive system out. So it's so tiny, but Hulk works. So. Hulk does, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it does indeed. Now, the last episode we did, Chris ended it with a challenge, which was for anyone who was listening, it ended up just being the three of us um, sharing our uh, sharing our desk setup. But hopefully, this time we will get out to more people. I've actually got a challenge for for everybody. Um, for the five of us and for everybody else who's who's going to tune in if they do um i want to see everyone's home screens just their their, their iphone home screen um just want to see what apps they've got on as everybody knows i like apps as everybody else does as well but um i have actually i have actually reduced the number of apps i have on my phone so I think last time someone asked me, I was at 200 Whoa. and something. And, and I'm down, well, 290 something. I'm now at 206. So that's not bad. Okay. That's a bit of a reduction. Um, so I want to see your home screens, which we'll, we'll send out from the Ignite Twitter account. And you guys can reply to that as well. So let me see your iPhone home screens um, as a challenge no for this week. How does that sound? Sounds like a awesome work to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think we'll uh, wrap that up there. It's been a, it's been lovely speaking to you all. It's been um, just it's it's nice to hear different voices. It's nice to you know other than the ones I have in my head. It is nice to to hear sort of different people's perspectives and everything. So if people want to get in touch with us a bit further, uh, Simon, how can they get in touch with you? It's a very good question. Um, you can, <laughs> no personal you can, info. Uh, you can tweet me at Mr. Piney on Twitter and uh, I will endeavour to answer. Excellent. Uh, Matt, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, Matt6453 on Twitter. I'm at Alex Rach on Twitter. And if you want to see lovely photos of the Isle of Man, I'm on Instagram too. I, and indeed with your world. Oh, they're awesome pictures. It's just, it's beautiful part of the world uh chris what about you 
I am C Galley E D U. Perfect. I am uh, M Coots M C O U T T S eighty one. We are all underscore ignite underscore E D U on Twitter. Um, until the next episode, it's goodbye from me. That's usually where everybody else says goodbye as well. <laughs> Just I know that this makes great <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> right, guy. It's a goodbye from me, and it's a goodbye from Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Bye. Bye. Guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>